Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Exploring Life. For this particular episode, I am building off of the original CIA declassified documents on the gateway process. This is part two, so if you haven't already listened to part one, I would strongly suggest listening to that first because I will be uh, going on to page seven and eight. So, without further ado, let's get into this. The next one in this document is labeled Consciousness and Energy. And pretty much in this paragraph, it talks about how all matter is essentially energy vibrating at a certain frequency. And because everything is energy grids, just interacting with energy grids, then there is some malleability to that. There is a a lot of affecting going on, a lot of interwoven, interlapping, interesting things that are always going on because really everything is just energy interacting with energy. So when I say everything is energy just interacting with energy, the point is is that things are moving at a certain frequency. So they talk about how at 70 degrees Fahrenheit an atom oscillates at the rate of 10 to the 15 hertz an entire molecule composed of a number of atoms bound together in a single energy field vibrates in the range of 10 to the 9 hertz and then a live human cell vibrates at approximately 10 to the third hertz so states of matter are actually just variances in the state of energy and building off of that the next one is called holograms and this point it's talking about how in our world everything is composed of a three-dimensional mode in which our brain can understand it and is created in such a way that makes sense to our brain and how our brain makes sense of it is it compares it to memories that are built off of other holograms so it takes input maybe like a tree or maybe information from school and it compares it to other holograms that are already inputted in the brain as third dimensional stimuli and this is pretty much just acknowledging that with energy vibrating at a certain frequency with everything truly being energy it is supposed to look like matter so that we can make sense of it in a solid state so we can assume it's in a solid state but really it's always moving so it's more of an illusion than it's solid but it's like that because then it makes it easy for the brain to grasp and make sense of it and uh it serves a certain purpose and looking like it's solid looking like matter is not moving so rapidly because then we can create comparisons we can make distinctions we can understand things um much more being able to relate to it in a third dimensional way and we understand it from this point of view because There are limits so that we can learn lessons within these limits. But are these limits set in stone? I would argue that they aren't set in stone because just like how matter is believed to be completely solid, but it's actually energy vibrating at a certain frequency, then truly anything is possible. But the illusion that we are currently in, we all start out with Um, not really awakening to these ideas of being able to manipulate energy, being able to interact with our environment in such ways, being able to have out-of-body experiences, astral project, um, 
all these different things until we tap out of the illusion and we realize there's something bigger than the illusion. So it's not not possible. It's definitely possible to break out of the illusion. And I think that's where a lot of people talk about uh, the great awakening process or uh, quote-unquote escaping the matrix or um, spiritually awakening, enlightenment, satori, is that these people are affirming that there is a special ability to break out of the illusion, to really be aware that this is part of the illusion and that we aren't truly separated, we aren't truly divided, that we are all one with the creator and we are all one with each other and with every animal, with every leaf and every insect and every every little thing, even the guitar strings, everything. We are all one because we are all energy. We are all vibrating at different frequencies. So then this moves on to the next one, which is called the consciousness matrix. And pretty much this one is saying that we live in a huge, one gigantic, third-dimensional hologram. And so it says, energy passes through various aspects of the universal hologram and is perceived by the electrostatic fields which comprise the human mind. The holographic images being conveyed are projected upon those electrostatic fields of the mind and are perceived or understood to the extent that the electrostatic field is operating at a frequency and amplitude that can harmonize with and therefore read the energy carrier wave pattern passing through it. So what that pretty much is saying is that based off of the frequency, whatever it is vibrating at, whatever the amplitude of that frequency is, if our brain can pick it up, then it will try to understand it by relating it to other images and other holographic third dimensional um, understandings within our own brain. And I think what's really important about this is that if you look at it like a radio station, there are all these different frequencies, right? And there's a lot of them that are just fuzz and there's no sound, there's no rock music, there's no rap, there's no country, and it's just kind of fuzz. Well, What's interesting is if we take that idea, um, 102.5, let's just say that's all fuzz, there's nothing on that frequency for us, and we can't hear anything except static. But then, say a dog listens to 102.5, and they hear some dogs barking the Christmas song, bark, 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 and then um the dogs are jamming out to 102.5 and you're like what the heck there's literally just fuzz like i don't understand why are you doing that and so that's the thing is that the brain of the dog is tuned in to that frequency and can pick it up but our brains aren't so there are potentialities in which different animals are tuned into frequencies that we are not able to hear or relate to because it's just on a different frequency and so um This is also part of that understanding of like why we can have parallel universes, why we could be in a multiverse where there's um, so many out there is because we are simply not tuned into that frequency. It could literally exist on top of our world and we would not even know it because we are not tuned into that frequency. Our energy is vibrating at a certain frequency and therefore we are all inhabiting a certain chunk of frequencies 
and simultaneously. And depending on what you're tuned into will be what your brain picks up. And the next one that we're going to look into is called brain and phase. This is number 15. And it talks about how the left hemisphere of our brain acts like a computer. So it's like, yes, no, acts in binary. So one or zero. It's very discreet and it sees things. It takes a third dimensional uh, item and it condenses it into a two dimensional form. And then the right hemisphere of the brain operates more in a coherent way in regards to the third dimensional input. So whatever is seen outside of you. So the right hemisphere takes in things and sees them as holistic, much more realistic to the third dimensional input outside of it, very non-linear and a more non-verbal mode. So it doesn't see things binary, but it sees it more in its wholeness. And I think personally, this is not within the document, but the reason why we have that contrast of we don't have a whole brain that is holistic and fully able to see things without an egoic perspective is because we are here for particular lessons according to this third dimensional reality. And so it's very obvious that we have uh, certain things that seem like they're real when they're not. For example, uh, predisposed or pre-assumed ideas that there is a separation between me and another person. Because if we're both just energy vibrating at a certain frequency, then really we're not different. We are both energy. And that energy will continue to exist beyond the forms, beyond the culture, the traditions, where we grew up in. And um, so I think the reason why we have that left hemisphere, which is focused on these binaries, these uh, contrasts between light and shadow and uh, light and darkness and all these different things is because we are able to learn specific lessons when there is harder ideas of separation intact. So even though we truly aren't separated in our essence, having that illusion coming into a world where it seems like we are separated, we are able to learn the negative effects of believing in separation and believing in division, seeing what happens when you hate someone, when you believe in that hatred and allow that hatred to grow in your heart to the point of doing something where you truly hurt that person because you feel like they deserve it and seeing how potent and how painful division and separation creates uh, within people inwardly and outwardly. And I think that's part of our process here is that we're supposed to learn these lessons of how painful separation is. We're supposed to feel it. We are supposed to um, get in touch with our feelings and not run away from our emotions, but to welcome them, to learn from them. Because even though we are so much more dense than, say, a, a fourth density or a fifth density entity, which is more ethereal than um, more carbon-based. Um, we are, by being uh, seemingly um, more limited than an ethereal body, which might be, like, more angelic, we are able to feel things at, I feel like, such a more alarming rate and so much more intense and it's really hard. I mean, that makes it really, really hard when you can really feel the pain, 
when you when that pain turns into suffering and that suffering becomes your mood and then that mood becomes a reality deep within and then that becomes trauma it's like we have such intense shadow work in this life in our third density experience there's so much where we have to constantly process emotions we have to constantly work on them we have to constantly grow from them and it's such a ordeal and honestly um it's hard but it is so rewarding because we get to feel emotions like never before and when we master these emotions when we become adept and we don't run away from them and we don't project them onto other people and we are able to truly master it i feel like that's going to be the most amazing part of our uh existence as third dimensional entities and so hopefully that's encouraging i mean that helped me out when I kind of went into it and really thought about it. I was like, oh, the pain, it's so hard on this, you know, planet, but there's definitely a reason for everything. So, the next one is pretty much the evaluation, and uh, Marilyn Ferguson pretty much says, like, this accounts to all the transcendental experiences, paranormal events, and even normal perpetual perceptual oddities in life, that this information helps explain why this is all happening so for example people who say that they've seen a ghost or um an angel um they could literally be able to perceive that at a certain point in time because for some odd reason they're able to tap into that frequency so yeah definitely would explain a lot the next one is self-cognition and pretty much this just goes off of what was said earlier but it's talking about how humans not only know but they know that they know so they are not only aware of these things but pretty much we are awareness itself like we are not our thoughts we are not our feelings we are not our emotions we are not the events that happen to us we are more than all these things even though we might unconsciously or consciously identify with our thoughts put our identity in our thoughts identify with our emotions put our identity in our emotions where we can't separate ourselves from what's happening to us and what is us deep down we are more than our thoughts more than our emotions more than the events that happen to us we are the awareness we are the observer and everything that happens around us or to us is the observed and that's why i love quantum physics is because it talks a lot about that idea that uh one of the quantum uh physics theories is the observer and the observed is the same (laughs) so what you observe is the observer the observer is the observed so it's reciprocating who you are what is projected outward is a projection of what is within in some way shape or form the energy that is put out is somehow connected to the energy which is within you and if that's not trippy i don't know what is (laughs) okay so the next one is called time space dimension and this is the one that i was talking about in the first podcast where i was like potentially the labels could change based off of more research and again this document was created in 1983 or projected to give to the U.S. Army at that time, and when it refers to time-space dimension, it's talking about the physical existence. So, you can hear, see, touch, taste, interacting with the third-dimensional 
uh, existence and your brain taking in that input. But now in 2020, I think a better uh, label that most people use in referring to interacting with the physical world is the space slash time uh, continuum. So space is first and then time is second. And what that represents is the universe. So interacting with everything, with your senses. And this is where matter is infinite, space is infinite, and time is linear. And what that means in short is we experience time in seconds, minutes, and hours. And if you were to go out in a spaceship, it would just go on infinitely because you are interacting with this whole entire planetary system and onwards with your physical senses. And then what they call the absolute is the uh, inverse of that and it's time slash space continuum where time is actually infinite and matter is linear. So that's when time is experienced as if it's stacked on top of each other all happening in the present moment. So time is no longer experienced as the past, present, future or seconds, minutes, hours, but it's all simultaneously happening right at this moment. And the quantum level, it is here. It is now. So in the time slash space continuum, if you wanted to go to the moon, you would go there right now. (laughs) And yeah, it's crazy. It's trippy. And so I just wanted to make sure that those labels were updated because it is 2020. And um, so when they refer to the absolute, they refer to energy that is without force. They refer to energy in infinity. So they say that infinity cannot move because there is nothing beyond infinity and is therefore outside of the dimension of time. It is also beyond space because that concept implies that a specific energy form is limited to a specific location and is absent from other locations. So pretty much in short, it's talking about in the time slash space continuum, uh, the rules of the game are different. We are no longer trapped by these illusions of separation, division. We have, we are operating from the level of infinity. So according to the time slash space continuum, energy in infinity is said to be completely at rest and therefore cannot generate holograms so long as it remains utterly inactive. So that's how you are able to go straight to the moon right away in the time slash space continuum is because energy and infinity is in all places at all times and that's why again you can go to the moon boom you're at the moon and it operates differently than our third dimensional existence and so that's why i always encourage people to meditate because meditation is entering the time slash space continuum that is where it flips that's where time is now infinite and matter is uh, linear because you are flipping it you are able to access this energy and infinity and you are able to interact and contact uh, different aspects that you normally don't focus your consciousness on so it is uh, definitely a fact that you exist on multiple dimensions And if you need proof, look at yourself right now. You are interacting with three dimensions, X, Y, Z. And if you need further proof, you can find that out by meditating. Because when you meditate, you can get an access and 
see yourself in multiple dimensions existing at the same time. And I kind of skipped ahead, but that was intervening dimensions. And so it talks about how uh, if you are coherently on the frequency that is vibrating uh, information of you in the past or information in the future, since everything is happening in the now while you meditate, you can access that frequency and learn valuable information about your soul. And what they talk about is how that happens is since energy is oscillating at a certain frequency, they call it a click out. So what they mean by that is um, if for an infinitesimally brief instant, that energy reaches one of its two points of rest because uh, infinite energy is at rest. And so it quote unquote clicks out of the space slash time continuum and it joins infinity. Then at that critical step, um, which is the speed of the oscillation, which drops below 10 to the negative 33 centimeters per second, Planck's distance, then you are entering into energy and infinity at rest and it's inactive and you are able to experience yourself and you are able to see your higher self, your past self. You could potentially tap into probable futures because we have free will. There's not going to be just one solid for sure uh, future, but since everything's vibrating at a certain frequency, there are multiple probable futures and based off of the choices that you make, there's going to be multiple probable presents. And this is just quantum theory, you know, I'm just talking about quantum theory here, but these choices don't just disappear. And I talked about this in the other um, podcast on density and dimensions, where wherever you put your energy, you create a certain amount of fluctuation and force behind that energy. So when you have a choice to make between maybe red shoes or blue shoes and you put energy and you have to choose between the two and you have energy within those choices, that energy has to go somewhere. That energy will go somewhere. And um, some people believe that energy could chaotically disperse into nothing and just keep on going forever, ever in the universe and never really do anything. And then there's other people who believe um, through quantum physics that that energy is intelligent and will create according to the way in which it was brought into existence. Whatever choice that was, um, there could be a whole other parallel universe where you, as uh, the probable alternate you, is expressing that alternate choice that you didn't do in this moment. And that is just as much as a part of your experience as you are when you chose the other shoe. It's still a part of you because that choice came from your energy and that energy will express itself regardless, either chaotically going into infinity, like a lamp where the energy is scattered, or being very specific and creating according to that specific choice like a laser beam. And personally, I side with Stephen Hawkins in here and also with the parallel universe theory within quantum physics that that choice behind your energy, that energy behind your choice, they're both synonymous, creates an intelligent design and is in another parallel universe in which another probable you is acting it out because that energy can be neither created nor destroyed 
it can be transferred, but it will always exist. And so that choice, the energy behind your choice will always exist. So to me, it makes more sense that you would allow that uh, choice to be done in a parallel universe because since that probable you that is acting it out is still a part of you, you would eventually gain that experience too, even though you're not conscious of it and you are not focused into that frequency, focused into that dimension, that parallel universe, whatever, you would be able to learn from that and see how your life would change with that. And so, because I believe in intelligent design and I believe that there is a creator and that the creator wants us to learn the most lessons possible, I definitely believe it's more like a laser beam and the choices we make become intelligently uh, produced in uh, parallel universes. And I also want to clarify um, the click out part is part of the intervening dimensions but the choices and the energy behind it and the parallel universes that was my own commentary based off of quantum physics and different ideas about it so that wasn't actually in the cia declassified documents uh but the next part of the cia declassified documents oh also the meditation part that was my inference from understanding what this said uh so it doesn't actually talk about meditation within it but that was my own little piece that I added to it. So I just wanted to make sure that you guys know um, in case you're like looking at the documents and like, wait, it doesn't say anything about meditation here. Well, that was my own inference that I grabbed from it. But the next part is subatomic particles. And it is talking about how um, understanding this and having this on paper does not contradict Einstein's theory of relativity. Because again, Einstein's theory of relativity has to do with the space slash time continuum. And this is referring to quantum theory, which has to do with the time slash space uh, theorem, which uh, operates at different laws, different levels. So for example, with quantum theory, you can have two subatomic particles collide and then go their different ways. And even when the particles are halfway across the universe from each other, it says they instantaneously respond to each other's actions and in so doing they violate relativity's ban on faster than light velocities so in regards to time slash space it's going to be different than what einstein postulates because there are different laws in play and um that's just the cool thing about quantum theory is that it's like a whole new world when you study this it's just constantly like your mind is being like whoa 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 this is so amazing and the next part it is dimensions in between and with this one bentov is pretty much saying like the inside dimension of space slash time where both concepts apply in a generally uniform way there is a proportional relationship between them so even though they say time slash space again the label is going to be different because it is a 1983 document but i would definitely assume that space slash time is uh used amongst most scientists today um specifically one that i'm talking about is dr joe dispensa also in other related uh books such as uh the law of one by i am raw they refer to the physical dimension which you can interact with the world with your physical senses as space slash time and what's really f interesting again what i posited before was that having this understanding being able to go beyond uh, the physical senses 
you have access to both the past and the future when the dimension of current space slash time is left behind. So this is in their written document, which is super cool and just super amazing. Um, and moving on, the next one is special status out of body experiences. So again, it talks about how when you're able to reach this clicking out part, you are able to um, move your consciousness out of your body and experience the energy grids without having to focus on your physical senses because you are not focused on your physical senses, you are focused on the quantum world. So this is already pretty long, so I'm actually going to end it today and I'm going to continue this onward. Uh, it could be another one and another one after that uh, because there are quite some few pages. But yeah, hopefully you enjoyed that um, section. Very interesting. I know very mind warping, but I love it and I love being able to share uh, my perspective while reading this and um, summarizing it for you guys. And if, again, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. Remember, you are perfect. You're amazing. I love you. You're doing the best you can with what you're given. Keep being amazing and yeah. Have a wonderful day, guys.